where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's gonna be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. First time, will you tell me Toby Keith passed away? Oh no, man, sixty-two years old. You're right. It's a great guy. Well, let me tell you. Uh, oh, oh, and who was the, who was the artist before that I didn't get? Oh, Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell. Yes. Toby Keith passed away at the age of sixty-two. I'm just hearing this. I didn't know this. Was this yesterday? Last night? Uh, last night, early this morning. Yeah. Oh no, he had, he had cancer. Um, stomach cancer. Well, I got a quick Toby Keith story for you. So, my cousin, who is now the assistant women's golf coach at Clemson, was 12 years as the assistant at the University of Kansas, and they always played in Oklahoma's tournament in, in Norman. And Toby Keith had a house there on the golf course in Norman, and he hosted all the teams there and put on, like, this concert, uh, acoustic one-man concert show for the teams that came in. So, that's, you know. Six and fifty, you know, hundred people there with coaches and anyway, and so he had all of them over dinner every single year and put his thing on. Huge Oklahoma Sooner supporter, but my cousin talked about how he was just this great guy and very giving and very into sports and all. Man, this I am sorry to hear that, Toby Keith. You could tell he was a nice guy and he had a lot of fun all the time. Good for him, man. Good for him. Suffering's over. All right. Um, <clears throat> speaking of of health, blood connection, bloodconnection.org. The Blood Connection Saves Lives, a uh, nonprofit, they supply all the blood for the upstate hospitals. They supply blood for <laughs> hospitals in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia. 62% of people are eligible to give blood. Only 3% give. We encourage you, get in touch with the Blood Connection. Donate your blood. I mentioned this yesterday. We had a texture call and said, I just gave over the weekend. I give every chance I, I can whenever they let me do it. I get on the schedule. And, and I know that they like that support. So whether they're doing it for the first time or those that are considered doing it on a, on a regular rotating basis, uh, learn more about the Blood Connection, where you can give, how you can give. It's bloodconnection.org. That's bloodconnection.org. A great question on our text line, 654-ROAR, 654-7627. Texture 3641 says, so if the NFL considers college to be a free farm league, why wouldn't the NFL do everything they can to preserve college football instead of driving out of business? I don't think that the NFL is trying to drive college football out of business. I don't think the NFL, I think they like the labor, the free labor. They're not paying for it. I think they like that. But I don't think the NFL's success or failure depends on how many people watch college football. The, it, it, Caleb Williams will be drafted number one in the NFL draft this year because of his talents and because of what he's developed in the football game, indirectly by the coaching that he got or by the training that he got, but but not by how many people are watching. 
Not many people understand. If that was the case, then you wouldn't draft anybody from small schools or anybody that wasn't on television very much, and that happens. I mean, look at the number of players that can play in the Super Bowl on, on Sunday schools you've never heard of or never even seen play football before. So the idea that, that – I mean, college football is not going to totally go away. I, I think we'll still have college football. My point is that it won't be near to what – or there's a chance, I don't know this, that it won't be near what it, it, it currently is, the state it currently is. I think people will be upset that they're employees and that things would go away. But, but that doesn't – I mean, Major League Baseball drafts high school baseball kids. The NFL they won't, might, might not do that, but I mean, because uh, European basketball players are drafted in the, in the NBA and they're playing in front of hundreds maybe. It's not, it's not the fact that millions of people are watching these people on television are playing. I don't think the NFL wants college football to go away, but I also don't think the NFL is going to give up dollars of their own to support the college game. If they did, they'd have already done that. And so you can say, well, the NFL needs college football to be popular, do great things. Are they, do they really? I think they needed to play, but I don't, I don't think they care about the popularity of it. If they did, would they put up? Why would they put a Thursday night game? Let me ask you this, Will Clinton: Why did the NFL go and play on Thursday? Mainly because Amazon offered them a lot of money to be able to have those games. Why is the NFL going to play on Friday now? Because they have the opportunity to make a lot of money. Right. That, that, that's what happens to college football. The NFL has some correlation. Well, how direct the correlation is, is is debatable. But but their number one goal is to make money for the NFL. And they'll find players. Look, we had scabs. People watch scab games. They'll find players. It doesn't matter what the health of college football. And they're always going to be able to pay their players more. Right. I mean, the average quarterback in the NFL is making $7 million. The average. Right. That's not going to happen in college football. It is a um, – again, more, more questions than answers. What we're talking about is Dartmouth basketball for the first time ever. Uh, National, Relations, National Labor Relations Board decided that they can be employees. And now, obviously, the National Labor Relations Board deals with Labor and unions and things. These lines and, and is first of all, I don't think it's imminent. Like the like the average panic in college football now or, or among fans now is like, well, the NCAA is now dead. This is it. Well, I think the NCAA has been dead for a few years now. This isn't the this isn't the final nail in the coffin, or this isn't the the spark that 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 starts the entire fire. I don't think this is as big a deal as some do. I think this is kind of headed anyway, whether it speeds it up or slows it down. I don't know. I don't think that this is all of a sudden, well, now everybody's going to be paid. The big deal is the SEC and the Big, e- and the big Ten, what they do. Because that, that, that affects it more than Dartmouth basketball. Again, this is no different than what Northwestern football players were granted a few years ago. They lost the appeal and Northwestern football players didn't push the issue. Part of the reason is like they were the only private school in the Big Ten too. Like how is that going to compete with the rest of the Big Ten? And with the Big Ten say, hey, wait a minute. We didn't want to play against you guys. You guys are employees. You don't see your athletes anymore. We're going to kick you out of the Big Ten. You know what that would have done, Will Clinton? That would have killed the Golden Goose. And, and one of the major concerns I have through all this is that while we continue to do what's best for me, 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 you lose the we and you lose the product. There are people who are benefiting. Uh, lawsuit like crazy right now. Lawyer up and go sue and get mine. But in the end, you're going to damage others around you as a result of that. 
and that's concerning. Who knows? Again, the, the, I think the theme of this entire hour that we've talked about it is there are more questions than answers. Can you be fired? Do you have to uh, or will you unionize? Will you negotiate in a collective bargaining with that? Will you get part of revenue, television revenue? Will you get to part of the gate? Will you get part of – are players going to get part of the parking? Are they going to get part of IPTE, part of Gamecock Club, part of Bulldog Club? In essence, they do now because of scholarships, but do they, do they get actual cash from that? If they get cash from it, will they, will they have to pay for their own scholarships, or do they even have to go to school? So there's no – if we don't know the answers to those questions, how are we supposed to know the answer to what's the long-term happening to college football? college basketball and, and in the end I, I just think it's a a uh, a travesty because it wasn't it wasn't broken until individuals tried to take this thing down Texture says I think in sports just like so many things in life ease of access has actually made us lose interest to a degree you brought up the Blockbuster example. Families used to go in on Friday night to Blockbuster and rent movies, but you had a decent selection. But now you pretty much have every movie ever made at your fingertips. In sports, you get so excited that your team's on television, but now every game's accessible in one way or another, so that excitement is gone. I see. I, I sense a decline in all of sports. I sense a decline in in that that is the saturation of a market. I don't want to get too. I, I can I can downplay this. Uh, for people that are in the car right now. I didn't know this the other day, but the Bible says that, that you should practice abstinence. Married people should practice abstinence once, uh, at least one, one week in or one week a year, a month. And that is because the abundance of anything is you're less appreciative of it. That's what the text is saying there. And so if you have Bluebell every single night, then you lose the appreciation for Bluebell ice cream. So does it, if, you're, if, if every game's on TV all the time, is it even a big deal? I told you Todd Ellis said two, two years ago, I was listening to the South Carolina game, and he goes, a national television audience will watch this. I was like, well, every game's nationally televised now, buddy. Every, every single football game is nationally televised now. You can get it somehow, some way. Texas, do you think instead of being employees of a school or state, they can become employees of a conference? That's what the Big Ten and the SEC can decide. The big news of all this is the SEC and the Big Ten and their advisory committee. They will decide because they've got the the bigger pieces. They've got Park Place and, and Boardwalk. What you do with with the rest of the little monopoly pieces, you can divide all you want to. The Big Ten and the SEC will decide what happens in college athletics, not Dartmouth basketball. In my opinion, from what we know right now. Mike Sedanderson, 654-ROAR. Mike, thanks for hanging on. How you doing? Doing well, Mick. Uh, Mick, quick question before I get to my point. Don't you got a birthday coming up in your family here pretty soon? We do, Mike. Uh, Monday, little man, five years old, five a whole years handful. Old. Wow. How about that? I that appreciate you asking. hard to believe. Yeah, I appreciate you asking. Hard to believe. I remember I've listened to you for 25 years and <laughs> – You've gone from being a bachelor, a man about town, to a great dad, great husband, <laughs> well, let me tell great you something. father, and uh, well, uh, that's good stuff, Mickey. Good stuff. I was listening to um, Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson the other day, 
And both those guys have millions of listeners, all right? And Ben Shapiro made a statement, said, in essence, if we have millions of listeners every single day and influence people every single day, you can make it a point that, that that's our biggest, uh, that's the reason we're here and our biggest opportunity goes, but it's not the case. Ben said, I have four kids. My biggest thing I'm charged with in my life is raising these four kids and giving them their chance to develop and do what they want to do. And that's all we're here for, man. We've got a, we're, we're here to, to have these kids and to influence them or give them a chance and develop them and give them a chance, nurture them and, and uh, bring them along the way. That's what, that's, that's what he's exactly right. I yeah. have uh, two kids, four grandkids, and there's not a there's just not a bigger responsibility in the world, Mickey. Yep, that's it. None. It's our it is our now it is our greatest responsibility, but it is our greatest pleasure as well. It is. It absolutely is. Oh, well, I had a question for you. You're talking about the Dartmouth thing and everything, and this NIL thing just keeps spiraling more and more out of control. We talk about it every day on sports talk as we should. It's a hot topic. It's uh, it, it affects college football that we all love. But I want to ask you a question, and maybe this is not a fair question, and if it's not a fair question, you say, Mike, you're way off base here. With all the money that's out there that's being thrown around at the pro level, at the college level, you were talking about uh, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, six hundred something thousand. I read yesterday. I think somewhere he he makes eight fifty, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Six to eight, whatever. And you got college players making more than than him, and they can do that for two or three years. And then you you've mentioned twice the it's about me, 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 I, I, I. I read a uh, an article in the Anderson Incompetent this weekend. Uh, Oddly, they had two good articles in their sports section. And I saw where Dabo, or I don't know who's responsible for it, but the Tiger coaching staff got a $2 million raise last week or this month. The board of trustees voted on it or however that works. Now, my question to you is this. You're a college football program who just a few short years ago was one of the two best college football programs in America. And you've gone from six straight CFTs to 11-3, and 10-3, and three, and 9-4. and four. But this year they get a $2 million raise based on what they did last year, and it's because there's so much money out there to be thrown around, and everybody wants their piece of the pie that's human nature <clears throat> what what's the difference in in that and i'm using the tigers i'm sure other programs are doing the same thing i'm just using the tigers as an example because i know that it happened what's the difference in the just the i'm not sure how to phrase it the craziness of how money is being spent in college football now of a, of a, a college kid getting paid to play and and, and here you got coaches who again went from ten and three to nine and four? There, but a, they got raises across the board. Well, there's Mickey, a, there's what's a, the difference? Well, there's, a, there's a perfect example. For, the reason they got raises is because of the market value and what they were offered. Those guys are offered jobs and can come in and they can find employment elsewhere and make that kind of money. North Carolina had openings. LSU had openings. Mike Reed is going to be a uh, uh, Nick Eason. Those guys. 
were were wanted you know garrett riley they can go get jobs at, at, at a lot of places right now and that's what that is the difference in why a coach can do it why a player can't do it is this is their career they have gone to college they've graduated from college they've matriculated that they've got their degrees they've done many many of them have multiple degrees and this is their profession in my opinion now again that's arguable and people can argue against that but there's a difference in someone in college as a student taking classes to prepare themselves for a career compared to the person who's in their career and and and, and the, what the model that i think of is that you go to college for when you get out to prepare yourself for the best employment opportunities after college and uh, or or we just go down and let's start playing more high school players. And if that's the case, let's play the Little League players and the JV players and the eight, eight-year-olds and seven-year-olds. Let's start playing the four- and five-year-olds. It doesn't stop through all that. You at Why you're a student and why before you turn professional in whatever field you go. Remember the NCAA said these people would be pros in something other than sports. Well, you're preparing life and you're taking classes and you're a student and you're a student athlete. That's a difference in that and someone in their professional careers, in my opinion. And I know that's not, not everybody shares that opinion. But that's a difference. But if the players are being paid, like uh, you said, that's what the market will bear. The the running back from Mississippi, who I think he ended up at Ohio State, yeah. isn't it the same situation well, he, for him? Well, he was that's about to get kicked out of Ole Miss. The, the Ole Miss coaching staff basically we're going to we're going to dismiss him from the team anyway. So that's different. But but yeah oh. yeah could could a Caleb Downs. His market demanded that, sure, in, in today's business model, yeah. And you can like it or not like it, but, yeah, Caleb Downs could have gone to any team in the country and anybody in the country would have paid him over a million dollars to go play for him. Yes, 100%. So, he's so, leaving. So, so in the end, you're leaving Alabama, you know. I mean, you're not leaving uh, uh, Middle Tennessee State. You're leaving Alabama to go somewhere, and that's what's happening now. And, that, uh, uh, okay. and, and let, me, let me just leave you with this. Because the, that, that's the hedonistic approach of now, me, and now, when only I pleasure myself in now. And so in the end, that's not what's best for the product and the sport, not what's best for everybody and the collective of everybody else. We're doing what's best for the individual. Oh, I would agree. And, but, but the coaches are different than that because it is their profession, and it's different. So, hey, Mike, i got to get the break, man. I appreciate the phone call. Okay. Thanks All an right. awful lot. We'll come back. Our good friend – um, Milt Lauer joined us. Hey, Harbin Lumber, remember the number, 3535053. 100 years of treating people right, 100 years of making dreams. And right now, I'm looking at 60 degrees today. I want you to envision a brand-new deck. I want you to envision a brand-new screen porch with it, with those, uh, with the huge um, openings they have. On their website right now, you can see that uh, e-system that they have with the porch uh, stuff they got going on. Uh, a a brand-new um, backyard can look awesome with those type of additions even renovating what you currently have, do it at Harbin Lumber, harbinlumber.com, Harbin Lumber. Remember the number, 3535053. Dr. Bill Lauder, right after this. It's moving day, and Tiger Moving Company is here to help. Skip the headache. Hire the professionals with the right tools for your move. They're a clean-cut and reliable team, pack and assemble furniture seamlessly. So all you have to do is make yourself at home. To top this all off, they even start and stop the clock at your house, charging you a flat hourly rate. No rounding up. Call today at 908-9028 or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and create an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. 
At Ingalls, we know that not every Valentine's Day is four-star perfection, with string quartets and swanky restaurants. My boyfriend bought me flowers. That it's not the money you spend or the elaborate lengths you go to. Happy Valentine's Day! It just has to come from the heart. Ingalls, we're with you every step of the way. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment is your premier independent local construction equipment rental and sales source. With three locations in the upstate and one in North Georgia, our Takeuchi lineup of track loaders, excavators, and wheel loaders, and full line of attachments are ready to make your jobs easy. So don't settle for less. Choose the best with Bennett and Takeuchi. Proudly supplying equipment in our region for 24 years. When you need equipment in the upstate or North Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Anderson County is a great place to live and work, play, and worship. Samantha Porter, the Anderson County Environmental Educator, encourages residents to reduce, reuse, and recycle. You can recycle plastic bottles and jugs, mixed paper and cardboard, clear, brown, and green glass, aluminum, and steel cans, use motor oil and cooking oil, tires, and electronics. If you have any questions, please call Anderson County Solid Waste at 260-1001 in regard to recycling and proper waste disposal. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Tee off your morning with the Mickey Flyler Show, weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. We take on our drivers, we tee up, and <laughs> that ball goes sailing up into the sky, holds there for a moment, and only on 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. caught in a, a family law situation rick davis the davis law group is the family law specialist you don't know your rights it comes to divorce it comes to custody battles you know custody changes as well and and uh, all kinds of support through all that changes as well child support can change through all kinds of situations so maybe if you, even if you've been divorced a long time and you have that the custody uh, set up so, you know maybe you or your former spouse has different employment opportunities or a different employment situation than you had and so when the, who gets the kids and how much is all that that's all all can be cited uh, and all can be, um, uh, you know, advice can be given from the Davis Law Group through all that. And then family court, what all happens there and, and adoption type stuff and all. They, they know where to go and how to do this and get you on the best path for those kinds of things. Uh, get a better path forward. Talk to them. You'll talk to, to Will when it comes to family law and any kind of family court situation that ever comes up. Uh, do your research on those people. Uh, talk to them. And it's davis.law. Easy to find. Good people. Davis.law. A moment with Milt, Dr. Milt Louder, sports and performance psychologist. Good morning, Dr. Louder. How are you doing this morning? 
Uh, I'm good, Mickey. How are you guys doing? Uh, I am fantastic. Uh, yesterday, Doc, I had on uh, Dr. Um, Chris Amat. He is the, uh, among other things, he's a professor of clinical and orthopedic surgery at Columbia University. Um, he is the New York Yankees team uh, head team physician. He's the the president elect of the Major League Baseball uh, Team Physicians Association, and he's he's authored, I think I'm right by saying, he's authored 200 articles, 50 book chapters, and given lectures all over the world on orthopedic stuff. And and one of the things he said at the end was, and and and, and oh by the way, he worked for Dr. Job, who did the very first Tommy John surgery 50 years ago. And him and his, his uh, he's worked with the people, worked with the Tom Brady's and the Kobe Bryant's of the world, right? And the Aaron Rodgers of the world doing these surgeries. Anyway, besides the my fact introduction said, never, no, my introduction doesn't ever take that long. Mickey. No, 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 no. It takes much longer than that. <laughs> but he was talking about like Mine's he does. A lot more simple. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, believe it or not, I'm connecting these. Um, <laughs> and oh, 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 he also talks about he does uh, eight to ten Tommy John surgeries a week now throughout the world. Anyway, holy cow. But he said, I found this fascinating, that these athletes, especially these professional athletes, they live their entire life. They train and in their training and in their how they push their bodies, and they live on this cliff. And he goes, when they fall off the cliff, it is his job to put them together again. And that didn't, I mean, I knew that, right? But then he says, to put them back on that cliff. And I immediately yeah. thought of you in that that's the physical side of it. And he talked about the physical side of attacking rehab and these elite athletes that attack this rehab, right? But more than that, I want to get your thought about the, that NASCAR driver who literally, not not on the cliff, but every time they get in that cockpit of that car or, and that put that helmet on, or that football player, how many times you see it where the, you know, the stretcher comes out and, and we got to stabilize because of, maybe potential paralysis type things, that you're living on that cliff. He talked about the physical part of it. I want to get your thoughts, initial thoughts, on the mental part of those athletes living on that cliff. Yeah, I think I think that's well said and, and, and a pretty good um, imagery of, of how these athletes live their life. And it's uh, the cliff is narrow. And in, and it's and it's not for everybody. And so the mental and the physical and the spiritual and the most like the makeup it takes to deal with that pressure to perform at that elite level, uh, they're always living on that edge. And that's in life, and that's with their physical bodies as well. In terms of uh, accepting those risks, you know, I think I think these athletes grow up playing that sport, and there is something beautiful about uh, the young adolescent who feels invincible and. Um, that they can overcome anything, that um, they will live forever and it will never happen to them. So some of it is I think the brain tricks you into thinking that, hey, you understand the risk, but in your mind you don't believe it will ever happen to you. But it's it's not until later that the brain starts developing and understanding one's own mortality and one understands those risks that you have to have the courage to face those risks and the freedom to choose to persevere and power through anyway. So I think that's the balance as athletes continue to age and understand how short life is, how short their shelf life is as an athlete, that that waking up and recognizing those risks and choosing to do what they love anyway, despite the risk, uh, that their passion overweighs the, the chance of injury or risk. All right. How about 
uh, and, and again, you know, assuming risk is one thing. How about the NASCAR driver that has to sit at the caution lap after the car does, you know, car in front of him does three or four flips, or the football player that the, the game's delayed fifteen minutes for bring the stretcher out? Um, has it ever come yeah. up in your days about those types of of? I mean, the motions are going on. What what's, what the human mind's thinking at that point? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I remember Mike Williams' injury at Clemson. Or is that Sharon Peak? I, I go back and forth. Both of them um, had pretty significant injuries, and and I think why sports is such a great microcosm in life. When I deal with people who go through traumatic events, one of the things I tell them: the good and bad of life is life goes on, yeah. and it goes on when you aren't ready for it to go on, uh, and it forces you to get back in the game. And I think that's what happens in sports at the caution lap. You know that they have trained their brains to be so fully in the present moment. And it helps to have a team around you. So it helps to have your spotter on the radio and your crew chief on the radio uh, walking you through, letting you be human. It helps to have 80,000 people in the stands and your teammates around you, although you just watched the most devastating thing ever with somebody you love uh, get carried off on a stretcher and you don't know what's going to happen, that they have trained themselves and trained their brains to switch that gear to be fully in the present moment. And so I think that's, that's how, and, and you're able to do it together. I mean, to get through something difficult, you got to be good at something, and you have to have a good team around you. Yeah. Uh, another fascinating part of it. And I'm not even talking about like the the life or death part of it, but but I was thinking about this because one of the questions I asked Dr. Ahmad yesterday was the, and we've we've asked Dr. Steve Martin at Clemson this is the second ACL surgery, or yeah. the, the second surgery on that because, and you've seen this, Doc. You've seen these these. A, the attacking of a rehab and these athletes that just have this this hyper focus they're doing the Sean Watson's of the world you know that that Chad Kelly's how he went through it but what what would you tell an athlete that that said all right you busted your butt you got back you're playing at the highest level and then you tore it again and you, you've got these guys currently playing for you like I'm I, I'm gonna go to a second knee surgery a second ACL any advice for, for how, I mean how can you do it again and get back on to do it again seem like it's a, an awful difficult hill to climb again yeah, I think the first one, you don't quite know how hard it's going to be. Right. You don't know quite how, like, when you hit that plateau, how difficult and small those gains are. But once you've put your heart and soul back into it and then you get injured again, that loss of hope, that complete devastation, you know, we connect with our athletes to help them understand, here's how this is going to impact you. You know how it felt the first time. What are you feeling now? What are you thinking now? Uh, this sense of overwhelming despair and fear and anxiety and frustration and disappointment and hurt, uh, a lot of doubt. Am I going to get back? Is this going to be okay? Am I ever going to get back to playing? And so we kind of try to educate them. Here's this path. You know what it's like before, and this is going to be a little bit different. And so giving them permission to be human, giving them permission to uh, understand the, the impact of that injury on their life, but also giving them permission to move forward one day at a time. And so I think it's amazing the resilience of these young people when I watch them go through this first uh, surgery, this second surgery, and they never lose hope. They never quit believing. And I think that is why we are drawn to sports because you see people overcome incredible odds and you see the grit and perseverance on display. All right, let me take it from a, um, another level here. There, that cliff, at least, and I'm not saying this is the way for every athlete, but there has to be that adrenaline um, yeah. part of the cliff. 
All right. Um, and that adrenaline you know, may, might drive you to come back, Tom Brady, to go to another Super Bowl, uh, um, you know, for, for, for a NASCAR rider to win, to, to win another championship or another Daytona 500. That, that can't be the only factor there, though, and the motivating factor, because when it's gone, I know we talked about this before, the post-athletic career, how do you replace that adrenaline? Um, and I know you've, you've talked about that in the past. Yeah, but I think that is so hard to separate who you are from what you do for all of us, but especially those athletes are on that cliff. And and they a lot of athletes spend the rest of their life searching for their identity and searching for that adrenaline rush. And unfortunately, uh, they find it in a lot of negative and harmful ways post-athletic career. And so that dopamine hit, that adrenaline rush, that feel you get of pursuing something together, of accomplishing something, the adoration the fame the celebration uh it's most of us don't get that and so especially as an athlete on that cliff you spend the rest of your life searching for it if there's not a good transition if you do not rise above what you do and really start focusing on who you are do you see that or have you dealt with businesses that are that way um because i mean i, I you know we're talking about the obvious examples but does that happen to you when you deal with with, with the business examples of, of of maybe you know I don't know I guess shutting the doors, compare or, or keeping the business open, or the huge sales pitch or the huge I remember I, I pitched a sale one time to a major corporation about a product I have, and, and when I left the meeting it was like you know this is going to be life changing money now they turned me down <laughs> I got shut down on it and, and it wasn't. I, they, the company got sold, and a European company came and bought them in. They shut everything down. But man, that was a huge high there. Do you see that in the business world too? I, I see it throughout life, Mickey. Right. I, you know, you, you, we've talked so much about how important it is to keep your dreams greater than your memories. And for a lot of people, as they age and they find success, uh, their memories become greater than their dreams, and they're holding on to what they had or holding on to what they should have done. And I think that identity issue, and, and women seem to do a better job of this than men. Men are so tied, our identity is so tied to what we do, that when what we do is over, we're really lost in finding who we are. I think women overall, I'm speaking in generalities, do a better job of having an appreciation of who they are. They do a better job of building a community. They do a better job of connecting emotionally and intimately, where, as Thoreau said, men leave lives a quiet desperation. We're searching for something that I don't believe this world can provide. And I think when when this world shuts doors on us or things don't go the way we are, we're ill-equipped to handle that. Does it make sense? I, I, t- I talked about in the last segment about uh, Ben Shapiro and I listened to this Jordan Peterson podcast the other day and talked about how those guys have millions of listeners on their podcast. It goes, but in the end, um, what I'm charged with is raise my four kids. Does it make sense that women might be better at that because they're they're better nurturers? Man, I'm face. I tell my wife all the time, it's so much more natural for you to raise these kids. I try, and I think I try to do a great job of it. But for her, it's so much more natural. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. So I think I think overall, yes, that's um, that's a good observation that. I think women do a much better job of being caretakers and nurturers. And, you know, and I think, you know, socialization and we're changing the ways we socialize men and women and and view all of that. Um, But I think they have a a better sense of grounded. They don't seem to be as arrogant as men. They have a sense of humility. Um, They aren't always trying to prove themselves. And so I think uh, that's that's part of the process is, intuitively they understand what's really important 
I have friends. This is the final question. I didn't even think when I started the segment. We talked. You and I talked last night about this. Uh, but when I started the segment, I, I didn't know this would come up. Are there certain personalities that just live like the shark has to keep moving all the time in order to live? Are there? It, may, it amazes me people I know in my life that they always had to have the cliff in every aspect of their life, and it might be the 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 birthday party. And how, oh my, this is the biggest deal, or the. Uh, the, I mean, it's like the entire life is one big soap opera drama. Is that a personality thing? Is that, or is that just me finding the wrong people in my life? No, no. I think there's a personality, and some of the brains are wired to be a little bit. Uh, they have a different gear, and they're always looking for that excitement and that rush, and um, everything's got to be bigger and better. Now, the extreme ends of that, you start thinking about bipolar, and you start thinking about mania, and you start thinking about um, the the hyperactive brain and and that doesn't ever um, really grow out of that and so yeah there's there's personality traits and behavioral traits and personality disorders and um, psychological disorders that kind of on the extreme end of what you're discussing you start seeing significant impairment in one's life but kind of most of us are on that edge kind of searching for something and and you see it manifest itself in different ways all right i got some good news for you you and I, when we started this segment, uh, we talked about having an impact and talked about being pertinent and relative. And, and, and I get a text message. It is from a high school coach who's a friend of mine. And it says, Milt Louder, bring in the fire this morning. Quote, you have to rise above what you do and focus on who you are. He goes, I guarantee you my, my team will hear that one. So there, <laughs> there's going to be 50, 60, 70 foot high school football players that will hear the words of Dr. Louder today. So it was a successful segment. Tell me about uh, Amplos. Tell me about Mill Pond, 10 for 12. Tell me about what you guys are doing and how you can help folks. Well, thanks for the coach, and thank you, Mickey, for the opportunity and, and uh, humbled and and honored that, that you think your words can, can make an impact. And so th- that's, that's what we really pray for and, and look for opportunities. How can we be relevant? How can we inspire others? What? And I think, Mickey, what we're p- trying to pay attention to at Amplos and I know in my life is – what inspires me? Because I know if I'm not inspired, I won't inspire anybody else. And I think that's that's what we're trying to do. What are those things we can do to help encourage others, inspire others? Uh, I'm excited tonight. FCA, uh, Furman FCA is asking me to come over and speak to uh, them tonight. So that's an opportunity to kind of go back and, and hit these college students maybe with a different message in a different way. And so we're just always looking for those opportunities and using Mill Pine as an avenue uh, to build those connections, to break down some of those barriers, to get people out in nature uh, so they can think differently and see clearly and connect deeply. I value it. I value you, your friendship, and, and your advice and your leadership. And um, can't thank you enough, my friend. Look forward to doing it next Tuesday. Me too. Thanks, Mickey. All right, buddy. Dr. Milt Louder, amplos.com, A-M-P-L-O-S.com. Much more right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to MyMoneyIsSafe.com. It's bow time. Hurry into Bojangles for two scratch-made sizzling sausage biscuits for just four bucks. One bite, and you'll want breakfast for dinner. Good thing we serve savory sausage biscuits all day. But this two-for-four deal won't last forever. It's bow time. Nothing says I love you like a clean home. This Valentine's Day, call the cleaning pros at Zero Res. 
Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for just $109, plus a free hallway. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. What's that sound? That's the sound of Downy Unstoppable scent beads going into your washing machine and giving your clothes freshness that lasts all day long. There it is again. It's like music to your ears, or more like music to your nose. That freshness is irresistible. Let's get a Downy Unstoppable bottle shake. And now a sniff solo. Nice. Get six times longer lasting freshness plus odor protection with Downy Unstoppable's in-wash scent beads. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Can I get a weight reading on the cat in exam three? Zuri needs a new vet tech after their current one literally moved to a farm. But finding an ideal replacement takes some training. This is like hurting cats. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for a job with a company that's focused on family? Glen Raven's Anderson Plant, maker of high-quality Sunbrella products, is hiring now. As a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family, you'll enjoy premium benefits, including a pension program and much more. You'll qualify for a $1,500 sign-on bonus, and once you're hired, if you refer someone who gets hired, you'll get a $2,000 referral bonus, too. If you're experienced or willing to be trained, apply today at join.sumbrella.com. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I've thought about it many years. And then I did it, dropped big pounds, and never looked back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start PhD. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call PhD because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. Tuning in from the car? Stay connected to the Roar after you run your errands using our app or website. Download the Roar app on your phone by searching WCCPFM The Roar in the App Store. Or tune in on our website, theroarfm.com slash listen.
It doesn't get any better than Joe Walsh, man. Interesting cat, right? I told you I'd like to go out to dinner with the guy one time. I got a million questions for the guy. Let's get him on the show, Will Clinton. Let's get Joe Walsh on the show. I'll do my best. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Hey, Kiwi Financial, Greg Wells and his team want to work with you. They want to talk to you. They want to motivate you. They want to have constant communication with you. They want to have this flow of information. They want to put together this meticulous plan for you. Kiwi Financial Group's helping young people, helping old people. I, I try to talk to young people here on the show and tell you how important it is. If you just save just $100 a week, how soon that would turn into a million dollars. That'll get your attention. Well, ask Greg Wells about that. Kiwi Financial Group. In a free consultation, you get in touch with them and, and set this consultation up. And just like if I'm a young person now, if I had some student loans, some student debt, what to pay off in student debt compared to how much to invest? Like there's a balance in there. How you do it? Well, call Greg to find out. 654-5043. 654-5043. For more information at KiwiFinancial.com. That's KiwiFinancial.com. Security and advisory services offered through Strategic Financial Alliance Incorporated, otherwise unaffiliated with Kiwi Financial. I could go a million ways right now with this segment. A million ways. Like my advice to the young people. And and I had a guy say, I want to get on my long guy. Sure. But there's a reason why the elders in your church are the elders. You're asked for advice through things. And I've lived. I've been your age. I'm trying to do some of these things. Try to help you through all this. But I'm not going to do that. now. I want to talk. <coughs> uh, well, first of all, if you want have some text to get into, Adam's Code Roofing text line or phone line 654-ROAR. Tony Morrell is going to join us in about 15 minutes talk Gamecock football. I have a ton of text to get to that we, we can and will here. Super Bowl is coming up. Let's, let's let the Texas drive it a little bit. The 404 area coach says, Mickey, do you think we'll ever get another quarterback like Deshaun or Trevor without paying for them to come to Clemson? No, every quarterback's going to get paid for now. Everyone. Klubnik was, Vecina was, I mean, even you know DJ was. Well, DJ went out right before all that. But DJ got a ton of money through NIL stuff. Every, every player, every, every quarterback now, especially the top ones, no, you got to pay now. DJ got uh, Bojangles and Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. No, you got to pay, man. If you want to play, you got to pay. <laughs> My son now is in wrestling, so he knows all these these wrestling phrases. And he knows Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Rock, and can smell the rocks cooking. Every once in a while, he'll come up to me, hey, Dad. What? He goes, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. So, no, if you want to pay, you got to play. If you want to play, you got to pay. So, and, and I get the, you want to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. So, I get all those. But no, nowadays, if you want that kind of quarterback, you got to pay. Or get really lucky. Doesn't happen very often. <clears throat> and then they're going to cash in in that sophomore year, or junior year, senior year. But that's, you know, that's debatable. If you want to debate that, that's an interesting debate. I don't, I'm not going to tell you I'm right about players getting paid or not through all that. I, but I can argue successfully the, the principle part of that i am principled in that argument and you can argue against it whether i'm right or wrong and whether that's old timey thinking or not that's fine what i can even more successfully argue is the unintended circumstances of it so in the end the whole and the betterment of the game it to me is much more important than the parts and the individual parts of that i told you during the break if I had a hedonistic approach to my life, I'd eat bluebell ice cream every single night, and I'd die of a heart attack and cholesterol at the age of 60. I'd be dead, hopefully, live longer than that. There's just 
there, there's and, and, or if I went out and spent money on nicer cars and nicer clothes and nicer boats and, and ski trips and golf trips all over the world, then my, my family would suffer as much. I don't, I don't have that approach. I, I approach for what's best for my family. What's, what the question here is, what's best for the game? I care much more about college football than I care about Cade Klubnick or Spencer Rattler. I care more about the sport and the game and the long-term preservation of the game than I do you or I, me, me, mine, and I get mine and, and you know, I got to do what's best for me thing. I don't care about you. I care about we. And I, I am hopeful that the next 25 years we could do this and we can still have this great sport that's upon us, but I'm worried about it. And I think I've been proven right to be worried about this kind of things. Well, of course. I mean, just look at the direction things have taken the last five years. Yeah. It's rapidly accelerated. <clears throat> so, I heard this over the weekend. Change, uh, radical change, is hard to reverse or hard to, to get. First of all, when the line moves, it moves farther and it's harder to get the line back for most cases you don't get the toothpaste back in the tube but any kind of change that you have that can come quickly in order to get that back it takes a lot longer time if you broke a a stained glass window to break it takes very little time to put the stained glass back together to make a new stained glass there's a lot more that goes in that process I don't think that we'll have quick, short-term answers for college football. I think these these quick things that have come upon us and been thrust upon us with these six lawsuits and, and with every single court decision that goes against the NCAA, those are quick and could have long-lasting effects of it. But I think in order to get the change back, I think that's going to take a lot more time. And I think that this is where we should be pulling for the Big Ten and the SEC. Texas said, good morning, Mickey, with the SEC-Big Ten partnership – What's the latest Clemson plan to leave the ACC? I feel it's time to make the announcement. Thank you. Yeah, and again, it, it won't be the announcement to leave the ACC. It will be an announcement that they're going to sue for the grant of rights to become a free agent in the TV market and the conference market. And I still think that's right around the corner. Uh, I was wrong about the dates of that. My sources were wrong. I, wasn't wrong. I was wrong about the dates of those things because the, the uh, SMU, Cal, and Stanford joining the league – uh, set them back a little bit, and then Florida State and all the lawsuits and all that. They're still gathering data on that, but I can guarantee you that their their law teams are working on that inside and outside the inside law teams and outside law teams are working on that to better frame and to better give their lawsuit a better chance of success. The thought there is that they they and and you can change your lawsuit, you can amend your lawsuit, but the better stance you have going in and framing all that, I would have thought it would have been done by now, but it's not. And by letting Florida State go first, we are we're seeing a lot of things to do and what not to do. We're seeing the reaction from the ACC, and um, I, I think it, it it may exacerbate things. And everyone wants to see something big happen immediately, but I think it's going to save us a lot of money in the long run. So the point that you got a poll for the SEC and the Big Ten on this thing. Um, 1722 says, isn't it sad that Clemson dominates state of football, but South Carolina's a conference that will dictate the future of the sport? Well, this sounds crazy. As a, if you're a Clemson fan, if you like college football the way it is, if, you, if, you have a, if you're in line with my thinking on this, 
then you have to pull for the Big Ten and the SEC here. Because to me, with their power, there will be changes. My Just in my gut of what it looks like, there will be a lot of major changes when it comes to college athletics. But I, I think that that change is going to be a better structure with those two leadership, those two leading it. I trust the leadership of the SEC and the Big Ten to form the, the future of the sport closely aligning to what I personally want a lot more than I trust the Supreme Court, the Seventh Judicial Court of Appeals, the National Labor Relations Board, uh, the, the next lawsuit that the kids have or somebody has against this school, that school, this conference, that conference, the NCAA. I, I don't trust those courts. I don't trust because those aren't football people, basketball people making football or basketball decisions and are doing it based upon laws and things like this. I, I don't trust the politicians to do it, to do it right. In this case, even if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, I think you have to pull for the SEC and the Big Ten to not necessarily save the sport, but form the rules moving forward that give us some semblance, at least of, of structure. Right now, we have Wild West chaos. We, we are all in agreement on this. What's, this is what's crazy to me, that Kirby Smart – and Dabo Sweeney, and Nick Saban, and Ryan Day, and every basketball, John Calipari, and every basketball coach in the country agrees that it is chaos, it is broken, we have to fix it, we're going down the wrong path. They're all telling us these warning signs that that the, the darkest day is coming, Armageddon is upon us. Uh, that we we got to find a way. They got to come together. Everybody is warning us of this. The smartest people in the sport, athletic directors are telling us this, commissioners are telling us this, presidents are telling us this, and yet we know it. And yet there's been no action put together to save it. There's been no life raft. There's been no no dinghies sent out to save this thing. And the reason they had is they, they have not is because. It is the courts and the law that is holding all this up. And it is the courts of law that keep, keep throwing these curveballs in it. Hey, yeah, the, 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 NCAA was not, uh, the NCAA was not proactive enough, sure. And you can blame the NCAA. But by the same token, these things would have come anyway because the courts are going to decide against the NCAA no matter what the NCAA did. But even without the court system involved – can you name a time where the NCAA has been proactive in an no, issue? No, they're a reactive group. Correct. Because they're conservative in their ways. And we'll have to withhold judgment, but the, the SEC-Big Ten partnership, hopefully <coughs> they can do something that's proactive. We're, we, we're, we're not going to agree on everything that they do. But what we can agree upon, and what I think, and again, I could be wrong, I could be shocked by this, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it back on one day, but what I think we're going to get there is at least something we don't have now, and at least that is structure. To me, that's the hope. That's the plan. Because I keep warning, and I keep warning, without the structure, you're going to lose the golden goose. You're going to kill the golden goose. Patterson's Tax Service, P-A-T-T-X.com. I, I, I got a text again this morning. We got a phone call yesterday. I'll see more and more of this in the next few weeks. Just got back to Patterson's Tax Service. Let me know, by the way. Send the text in this morning. Uh, when you're going, when you went, what'd you save? Uh, what was your experience like? 
because we love sending people there and I love hearing about the positive parts of what they're doing for people. They're saving you money. They're, I've got a good friend of mine last year that, that went for the first time. He did it after he, did, he had to file a, an extension. He did it afterwards and he talked about the, the huge amounts of money that he saved in his private business. We love that. P-A-T-T-X.com, pattax.com, 864-859-8289. Tony Morrell kicks off hour number three right after this.